You know, as we were as we were worshiping this morning and discussing before our song service about prayer, you know, and as we were taking just a few moments to pray, I hope you put big things in front of the Lord. I hope you put big things in front of the Lord because He is able. He is able. You know, we don't have to consult different people in order to understand our God. And what do I mean by that? I mean this, that, that I don't run to doctors to let me know that God can heal. Now, doctors are important. Believe me, they are, and they take care of us, and they, you know, they spend all those years trying to learn how to take care of people through medicine and through whatever type of therapy they, they choose, but, but they're not the final say. And so if, if the doctor says that, that it is impossible, then, and God says something different, I'm going to trust God. I was just talking to a gentleman who was telling me, because we were talking about the voice of God, how do you know his voice and, and he says, you know, I was, I was talking to this lady and, and she had um, a couple stillborn babies and she lost, had a couple miscarriages. She had one child and then had a couple miscarriages, had a couple stillborn babies. And her husband and her thought, it's over, it's done, it's not going to happen, that, 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 that they're never going to have another child. So they started looking into adoption. And then one day God showed up and said, you are going to have another child and the lady said, immediately, we became pregnant, and they had their second child. So doctors don't have the final say when it comes to our life, our physical life. I don't consult accountants or people who know how to handle money when it comes to kingdom business. Because God tells us that if we give, that we will receive even more. There's not one economic person that will say that is a good principle to live by. The, the giving away that, that God could do so much more with your less than you could do if you kept, kept all of it. You see, we don't consult economic people in order to live by the kingdom. Because what does the Bible say? The seeds you sow are the seeds you reap. That if you are generous, you sow generously, you will reap, reap generously. Jesus said that if you give, it will be given so much more. It will be flowing over, pouring in your lap. It's going to be good. You know, and, and we don't consult our employer to, to pay our taxes. You know, we consult TurboTax. You know, we, 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 don't, we don't need, though, we don't need them to tell us how to pay taxes because Jesus, when he needed to pay tax, he said, Peter, hey, Go fishing. And, and, and inside the fish, you're going to find, you know, our, our tax money and pay yours and mine. Pay yours and mine. And Peter went out and went fishing, caught the fish. He had, so so those, are, those, are things that, <clears throat> those are things that we don't have to consult people in order to believe that God can do great things. I don't consult scientists to tell me how my God works in this world. I was watching a documentary on Nova, and uh, it was about the age of the stars. And as I was watching this documentary, and they're talking about the Big Bang, and, and this stuff happened, and, and, um, and there was one true part in that whole thing, just one true part, that when the Big Bang happened, one trillionth of a trillionth of a trillionth of a second, so imagine taking one second and dividing it by 10, 
with 43 zeros at the end of it, that little beginning, that, that inflation they call it, cosmic inflation, that one little second, the, the narrator said this, we don't know much about what happened at that moment, but the rest of it we know, you know? So it's like, you know, they, the scientists just sitting there trying to tell us all these things, how we got here and all this, and then they made this statement that, that because our sun is in our universe, it gave us the ability to have life on earth. And with the music playing and the soft clouds of the sun rising over the setting that they had, they said this, that we were created by the stars. I ran out of the bedroom. I said, honey, the Bible was wrong the whole time we are from the stars not from God no I don't go consult scientists because I know that in the beginning my God created the heavens and the earth and he took the dust and he formed Adam and then he took the rib you know and he formed Eve and then from that we have humanity I know what my God's I don't consult scientists to tell me how this world works they may confirm it what the Bible says but they can't tell us anything outside of the word of God why am I saying all this because I believe this that so many times we let other things begin to tell us how God works we let other things tell us we let discouragement tell us how God works we let fear tell us how God works we let our anxieties, our worries, our concerns, our employment, our health, we let all those things tell us about God. But we must be people that hold on to the word of God, that take him at face value, and do not yield to those thoughts. Because God is greater and bigger than anything and everything we know. And he's never changed. He's never lied to us. In Numbers, it tells us that God is not a man that he should lie. That when he speaks, will he not act? When he prophesies, will he not fulfill? Of course he is. Of course he will. Why? Because he's not like us. He's God. And I'm not going to lower him down because this world tells me how he works. This world tells me how I can provide. This world tells me how I can live. This world tells me what I need to know. I'm telling you, I'm not going to let God become less. I'm going to let the word of God speak into me who he is. And when I read things in the Bible, when I read things that just remind me of his greatness, I want to let that tell me who my God is. So don't let this, the things around you tell you who God is or, or don't let what people say or discouragement or, or any of those things Speak to you, God is. Keep trusting, keep believing. Hold him high and know that he is still God. You know, God is still God. Y'all can go home now, that's it. God is still God. That's right. That's, that's all you need to know that God is still God. Because when we read the Bible, we think, oh, those are nice stories. Those are cool. No, no, he's still God. He doesn't need to consult our county government he doesn't need to consult the powers that run this world he is still the king of kings and the lord of lords 
In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he asks this in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Isn't it amazing that when God shows up and does things that cannot be explained, raising people from the dead, healings, doing all these crazy things like walking on the water, when, when he does all these things, they still look back to the past because they, they can remember the great stories of Elijah. They can remember the great stories of Jeremiah and of, and, and, and of uh, John the Baptist who was, who was just deceased. They can remember those things. But when God shows up in front of them, they can't see it because they have no reference point. Because God is doing something in their world at their moment in their time. Think about the great miracles that God has done for you. You say, well, I don't know. God, I don't know if God's really done any great miracles. He has. You just haven't noticed it. Maybe some, some people think we get lucky. Some people think, oh, it just worked out that way. No, I know this, that my God is going to always do great things. And when he shows up, you have to look and see the fingerprints of God. You have to see those things that he is showing you time and time again. You got to look for it. So they had no idea that Jesus is showing up. He's doing all these things. And all they could think about is, is the great things of the past. But Jesus said, but what about you? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my father in heaven. My father in heaven told you this, Peter. And that's the thing is that if you really want to discover who God is, listen to what the father is telling you. Because all of the disciples there knew that Jesus was someone worth following because they gave up everything. They gave up their dreams. They gave up their careers. They left their families and they followed this man. Why? Because they knew he was somebody special. But they didn't know who exactly who he was. And finally, something in Peter's heart was telling him, this is my son. I sent him. He is my son. This is him. This is Jesus. And so as, as everyone's telling, oh, he might be John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah, one of our prophets, Peter inside feels and hears what the father is telling him. This is my son. And Peter speaks up. You are the Messiah. You are the one who is going to save us. When you get that kind of revelation, when you get that understanding who Jesus is, he is the one who is going to save us. You begin to look at things a whole lot differently. You begin to look at things a whole lot differently knowing that Jesus will save us. So many times we look at our problems and our situations, our health, our concerns, our children, our families, and we look at them and we say, how in the world is this going to happen? They are so lost. They are so rebellious. They'll never get through. It's not you that's going to save them. It's Jesus that's going to save them. It's Jesus that will change their life because when they allow Jesus to come and they see him, he'll wake them up. He'll show them who he is. He wants to, but you're not going to save them. It's Jesus. 
Peter says, you are the Messiah. You're the one who's going to save us. And I love this part, the son of the living God. So many times we feel like God is dead in our life. And I'm not pointing the finger at you because I know I felt that way too. God, where are you? But he is the living God. He is moving. He's not stagnant. He's not dead. He is not missing. He's not taking a break. He is moving. He is living. He is bringing in fresh nutrients. He is bringing in fresh supplies. He is bringing in his power, his miracle, his authority, his ability into your life. He is living. And Peter says, you are not only the one who's going to save us, but you are part of a living God. You're the son of the living God. So I try not to look at life with what I see. Now it helps to look when you drive. <clears throat> Man, I'll tell you, I had some faith yesterday going to Blue Earth. No, I'm joking. <laughs> He's sitting in the back and I was like, bah, 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 bah. James is like, what's going on? You know, so it's hard to go through life because that's all we see is what we see. I once heard a great quote it says that you'll never get the impossible until you see the invisible. You'll never get the impossible until you see the invisible. You got to go beyond what you see with your eyes. Because with our eyes, we see failure, discouragement, obstacles. We see mountains. We see uh, things that are just so hard. But if you look past that and see that your God is living and moving and doing some things, you're going to be amazed and you're going to wait with expectation. That's the great thing about God is that you can wait with expectation. You can put that excitement in your life. I was, I was just thinking this morning as I was getting ready for church, you know, and I'm trimming up my beard. And I thought about when I was at home. And uh, yeah, you didn't even notice I trimmed up my beard. No, you did not. Okay, so we'll talk about this later. All right, just church, we gotta be real. Okay, so, so, so I'm trimming up my beard and I'm thinking about the time when, when I was in Michigan uh, for Christmas, spending it with my family and uh, my girlfriend, you know, my girlfriend was in Minneapolis waiting for me and so I fly in and I remember walking up to her apartment and, uh, and just the excitement of seeing her the excitement the anticipation and I'm walking up the steps you know and I I I, I just knock it opens the door and I'm like hello you know I'm just so excited because why there's expectation you can have expectation with God That's why David says, I, I pray in the morning, I lay my request before him, and I wait with expectation, not just discouragement or hoping or, or, or complaining because God never does anything, but I wait with expectation. God's going to do it. 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 He's going to show up. He's going to show up. Why? Because he's a living God. He's going to save you, and he's a living God. Have that excitement when you pray. You know, when we pray here on Wednesday nights, I'm not praying just saying, God, get me through. I'm praying, God, I want to see what you're doing. Let me see what you're moving behind the scenes because I know that you're going to do great things. I know that you can supply. I know that you can, you can do some amazing things. 
Just a couple weeks ago, we received a gift in the mail and from someone I never met. And I was so excited. And I said, God, you know, thank you for the, the check in the mail. You know, my mom always says, thank the Lord for checks in the mail. So I, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the check in the mail. And, uh, and, and, it, and it bounced. It's like, oh, what a, what a kick. What a, what a painful thing. Because, you know, not only did we lose, but we had to pay. Mm. So you know what I did after I stopped complaining? No, I did. I said, God, you gave me hope, so I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to believe. And I was here at the church praying. And, and as I left, I grabbed the, the stuff from the mailbox. There was someone that, that supports our church, and they, they support our church with a you know, just a fair amount. Now, you know, nothing really major, but just, you know, praise God, they, they do it. And it's, it's usually a pretty small, double-digit type amount, you know. And, and I saw that they sent their check. And I said, God bless them. I opened it up to deposit it. And the check that bounced, for some reason, this individual doubled what it was. So not only did we get back what we lost, but we also increased. And this person has never given that large amount before. And then I get blessed with the money that we lost from paying the fee with another check. You see, God wants us to wait with expectation. That's why I get excited. That's why I get excited because I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know this, that you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And we may not recognize him when he shows up. We may not understand that it's Jesus right before us. We, we're hoping that God would answer our prayers like our mother or our grandparents. We're hoping that God would show up like days of old, but he's already here. He's right here with us. And if we just listen to what the Spirit of God is telling us, trust Him. Why? Because He's the Messiah. He's the one that has come to save us in our moment. And He is from the living God who is moving and acting on your behalf. And that's why Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, for this is not revealed to you by flesh and blood. And when I started off this morning, I was telling you, we don't consult scientists to tell us how we got here. We don't consult doctors to tell us the last word in our health. We don't consult economic people to tell us how to sow and to reap. But when we have discouragement and, and, and failures and disappointments, we let those voices speak to us. And that's why Jesus says, you're not listening to the flesh and blood, Peter. You're not listening to what other people think or things of the past. But you are hearing the Father speak to you. And it was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. A Father that you've never seen. A Father that you've never looked upon with your own eyes. And yet he revealed it to you. Get to the point, like Peter, where it burns in your heart. Who are you? Who are you? Jesus says, who do you say I am? I could just imagine Peter's mind racing as he's listening to everyone say, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, the prophets. Something in Peter's mind was saying, you're more than that. You're more than that. And then the father steps in and says, Peter, my son he's the one who's going to save you 
And then the confidence and the anxiety all at once where Peter says, you are the Son of God, the living God. You are the Messiah. Get to that point where you get things that are revealed to you. You know, God wants to reveal himself to you. So many times, God has revealed himself in my life personally, where I just am so overwhelmed with humility because God chose to reveal to me who he is. But what do I do with that? I do exactly what Jesus told Peter. He says, I tell you, Peter, that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. We will never be defeated by the kingdom of the darkness. Our church will never be defeated by the enemy because he cannot prevail against us. He cannot overtake where Jesus is. It's his. And then he says this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Even this morning, I'm looking at my keychain. And I said, what is this? And I said, try it in the glove compartment box. Didn't work. And I was honestly getting ready to throw that thing out. But then my wife, one of my daughters, knows my wife, said, well, maybe it belongs to this. And I'm like, it is. Because, see, I, I, I go to the Rifle Association, the fiery range down there, and I go and I practice and, you know, stuff like that. And, but it's the key to the outside of the door. I almost threw away the key that would let me in because I'm a member there. I almost threw it away. Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you think Jesus' words still apply? Because, see, Peter's a disciple. Then you say, well, he's one of the 12 disciples. He's one of the inside people, and he has special favor. And Jesus is telling Peter this. Let me tell you something. You know what a disciple, or disciple is? Someone who follows. So if you follow Jesus, you are a disciple. And what is Jesus saying? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You are part of the membership of heaven that our citizenship is not just in this county, not just in this place, in this United States of America, but it is a part of something bigger called the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus is basically saying this. Listen, whatever you pray is going to happen. Whether it's in heaven or here, it's going to happen because you are a part. You are a member of our kingdom. And then he ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This moment was for his disciples. This moment wasn't to make them famous. This moment wasn't make them distinguished. It was for them. And so when you pray, when you seek God, he's going to show up. And the Father is going to reveal who Jesus is to you. And you are going to have that. Why? Because it's yours. It's your revelation. It's your understanding. And then what do you do with that? You walk with confidence because you're a part of the kingdom of God. Don't walk defeated. 
the devil can do all he wants. The devil can do all he wants, and he can try to destroy every single thing in your life. He can try to bring down every single thought, every single thing you ever believed in. He'll try to tear it down, corrupt your faith, corrupt your morals. He'll do everything he can, but at the end of the day, he can't touch you because you are a part of the kingdom of God, and Jesus says that the gates of hell will never overtake the church. This morning, I just pray you take something from this message. Take something. Maybe you're here and you don't know who Jesus is. Discover who he is. I'm a big believer that when you meet Jesus and when Jesus meets you, it will change you. It will change you from the inside out. Find out who he is. Maybe some of us are living in the past thinking about all the great miracles of the past or all the great people of the past. But God is in your moment now. And he is the one who will save you. And he is the one who is a part of a living God. He is, God is on the move. So don't, don't be overwhelmed by what you see. Know that God is for you. I, listen, I've just, I shared my heart this morning. And I, I did this because this is what I felt God wanted me to do. I, I have my message I wanted to share, but this was on my heart. Because even me, I just still need to get back to those moments where he reveals himself to me to remind me that he is God. So don't let your environment, don't let your circumstances tell you who God is. You discover who he is. Seek him and you will find him.